What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. Tonight we're doing episode 60. Uh, The Knicks fell flat here on the West Coast. Listen, we're going to make this one really, really short. And when I mean really, really short, I mean really short, like 10 minutes maximum short. Um, Because when you get blown out for three games in a row, we'll only be talking about the last two games, but when you get blown out consistently of late, it's, it's kind of hard to to dig into right it's pretty simple you know the Knicks got blown out the Knicks didn't play well the other team played well the Knicks played a bunch a team with a bunch of talent while the Knicks don't have much it's it's kind of hard to to, to dive into and pick apart so it's not going to be a, a long um episode here of BD4 but yeah it's listen it's first off I do want to start out that by saying this was expected okay I'm not going to be one to to flip out and um you know, throw a tantrum here that the Knicks lost to the Lakers, who will probably be playing in the Western Conference Finals. That the Knicks lost to the Clippers, who will probably be playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And that the Knicks lost to the Jazz, a top four team, I believe, in the Western Conference. So I'm not going to be sitting here and act like that was unexpected, that the Knicks should have beaten them. And that the Knicks should have, you know, at least played close games. Now, I expected both um, of the last couple of nights to be blowouts. Um but that's really not the thing. Um, the one thing that's bothered me, or a couple things that have bothered me these last couple nights, actually surprisingly so, has have been Mike Miller and just the way he's had his team prepared and the way he's been playing his team. First and foremost, well, let's discuss the game a little bit. Um, against the Lakers, you know, it was kind of typical. Lakers were good, Knicks were bad, LeBron did his thing. But first of all, the Knicks, Knicks were playing way too loose on LeBron. Um, they were playing way too, gave him way too much space. Now I understand he's no three point shooter, but he's he, he's he'll hit it if you leave him open. And they left the guy open way too many times. They played no defense on him, and he ended up hitting six of twelve of his attempts from downtown. Um, yeah, <laughs> Dwight Howard even hit a goddamn three pointer against the Knicks. They didn't really bring anything out there. Anthony Davis was very dominant for a little bit until he got hurt. Then he left the game. I think he's okay. Bobby Portis was ejected with a flagrant foul two in the second quarter by hitting Cal- what's his name uh, Caldwell Pope on the head, and like I said, the Knicks just pretty much gave up once they realized they weren't going to win that game, and that was in the first quarter. So that was one of the things that's bothered me over the last couple of games is when the Knicks realize they're not going to be in this game, when they realize, all right, we're playing the Lakers, all right, we're playing the Jazz, they kind of let their foots off the pedals. And they went through cruise control and, you know, just let things happen. And that's that's one of the things I don't 
I can't accept. When you're a young team that's not going to win many games, you better be giving an effort and just not give up. You better be playing all 48 minutes hard basketball. You better be playing hard ball for 48 minutes. But they weren't. They kind of played some soft defense. Like I said, they gave players too much space, and it was the same story tonight against the Jazz. Rudy Gobert had his way in the paint. He destroyed the Knicks off pick and roll all night. Mitchell Robinson was even lackluster, and that's very uncharacteristic of Mitchell Robinson. Um, So I, I didn't like his efforts tonight. You know, towards the end of the second quarter, there was a long rebound that Mitch could have easily grabbed, but he let it go to Donovan Mitchell. He laid back, and Mitchell ended up scoring two points, or the Jazz scored two points off of it. I don't know who exactly scored it to end the period when Mitchell should have gotten a rebound that he didn't even make an effort to grab. So there are things like that that I just I didn't like. The Knicks, they realize, oh, we're not in this game. Let's just go through the motions, and whatever happens, happens. And that's that's one of the things that I think is on coaching. That ball's on coaching 100%. You have to have your team prepared, have to have your team your team focused and just ready to go out there and compete for 48 minutes. But the thing that's bothered me most of these last couple of nights is, you know, with that, with the Knicks knowing they're not going to win these games, right? We all know they weren't going to win them, like I said. But with that, you know, they, they, why isn't Mike Miller at least losing with the young kids as opposed to, you know, right now he's he's playing the vets. Tonight's starting lineup, holy shit. It was Elford Payton, excuse my language, it was Elford Payton, Okay, R.J. Barrett, um, Reggie Bullock, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson. That was your starting lineup with Morris and Randall out tonight. Forget starting Knox. Forget putting Iggy in there for meaningful minutes. Forget playing Dotson, playing Trier. Um, forget playing Frank Nielakina at the point or playing him more than 19 minutes. No, we gave Portis plus 20-plus uh, minutes. We gave Wayne Ellington 20-plus minutes. We gave Taj Gibson the start. We gave who else out there? just continue to get minutes when they shouldn't. All these vets are getting these big minutes, and that's the one thing that's frustrating me. Miller's, it seems like Miller is, here's my thing. I want a balance. You know, and you guys, I've said this um, throughout the year, that I want the Knicks to, to balance things out where they try to be competitive, right? Try to be competitive, but at the same time, try to develop your youth because that's the all-end goal here is to, to develop this foundation, Right. But it seems like Mike Miller, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, call for a coach firing already again, second in a row. But it seems like Mike Miller is is trying to win, just win. It's not like he's trying to find this balance of, of developing the young players and win at the same time. He's not really finding a middle ground. He's more just ignoring the young kids right now and just trying to find wins out there. To pad his resume, I don't know, but... You know, I would like to, to for him to 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 find this balance where he's staying competitive, but also staying competitive by using his youth. But right now, it seems like he's emphasizing winning, and and, and not really looking at the young youth at all. So, I would like him to find that balance and play Frankie Lucchino, who is your best player tonight, more than 19 minutes. He was a plus 10. He scored 16 points on 60% shooting, but he played just 19 minutes. He should have played 30, 35 minutes. Alfred Payton was the Knicks' worst player tonight, minus 33 in the box score. Um, but, you know, stats aside, you can see he was getting blown by. Emmanuel Moutier was looking like LeBron James out there on um, Payton. And, you know, Payton was, was playing 24 minutes. This is something I don't like. You know, you got to distribute the minutes a little better out there and give your young kids, you know, the kids that are going to be here, they should be getting the bulk of the minutes here. We're 38 games into the season. I think you've showcased enough. You know, um, you've showcased these vets enough. 
at you know at this point in time, the league knows who Bobby Portis is. The league knows who Wayne Ellington is, who Taj Gibson is. You really can't showcase them any further. You you've played them enough to where the league knows who they're trading for if they do at all. So you might as well just play the kids from here on out. And and if you're going to lose, you're at least losing with somebody who's part of your future, as opposed to losing with players who aren't going to be here two three weeks from now. So that's that's one of the things I've been frustrated about lately with Mike Miller is just simply not playing the youth enough and not that trying to win is bad, but realistically speaking, when you're playing the Lakers and you're playing the Clippers and the Jazz and you're 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 getting blown out by the time the second quarter hits, you know, look at the odds here and and play your youth a little bit more. So that's that's the thing that's bothered me the last couple of nights. But yeah, I mean, I expected the Knicks to lose these games, and I don't. I'm not going to go crazy about that because I, you know, we knew they weren't going to win these games, and I said it when they were six and six. You know, during the first twelve games of Miller stint, I said the Knicks are playing good ball right now, but they're about to enter a stretch where the narrative is going to change drastically, and you know, it's going to become negative a little bit for the next couple of weeks, and it's been negative right now because they're playing contenders legit contenders and they're going to continue to play contenders so it's going to get uglier before it gets any prettier um pelicans on friday so they get a little bit of a break there but then they have miami milwaukee um pretty soon they're going to meet up with the lakers again this month the sixers the raptors they've got some tough elite teams ahead so it's going to get uglier before it gets prettier but like i've said whatever happens versus the elite will happen whatever but against the games, that you know, when they play beatable teams, you want to see the Knicks take those games because at least it shows that they're competitive. At least it shows that they're somewhat of a watchable, respectable product. You know, so so if they continue to 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 lose to the elite teams while beating the teams that they, you know, should be beating, I'll accept it because it means they can at least play some. It'll probably give them a four hundred record under Miller to close out the season and that's fine because at least it shows somewhat of a step in the right direction. But right now we're going through a tough stretch of the schedule and it's going to get tougher. So it's, it's probably going to continue to, to be tough for um, the Knicks in terms of getting results. But like I said, the one thing I do want to see is, is play the youth a little more or else that's just going to frustrate me in, in the rest of the fan base here. But I think that's all I have. That was a pretty short episode tonight. Like I said, it's, kind of hard to depict to uh pick apart everything when when you're getting blown out for a couple of games in a row you can't really talk about too much so that was that um the knicks continue to lose they are now 10 and 28 but we'll see what happens man we will see what happens going forward it's uh i don't know i just can't wait for this trade deadline the deadline needs to come not just to to ship these vets out but to get some assets in return, right? And the Marcus Morris thing is one thing I've been stressing all season that the Knicks do. This is a free agent. He's not going to be on the team. You know, he'll be a free agent at the, at the end of the season. So you might as well see what you have. His value will never be higher, Morris. Trade him to a contender. Potentially get a first-round pick in return. And, you know, from what I'm hearing, Morris wants to be a Nick going forward so maybe you trade him to a team right now you get your pick and then you meet again in the summer and you get the best of both worlds you get your pick and you get Morris back but if the Knicks don't trade him and they keep you know they, they, they 
they bank on resigning. They plan on resigning him in the summer. What if he pulls off something like he did this past summer and San, you know, like he, what he did with San Antonio and just left them? So you're kind of risk risking losing him for nothing if you don't pull off a trade here. So I I don't know. I think you have to trade Morris. That's the one guy you do have to trade. Um, and then whatever happens with the rest of these guys, Portis, Gibson, Ellington, you're not going to get much for them, but just to get them out of here just so you can clear roster spots for guys like Kenny Wooten, who's been tearing it up in the G League. Um, maybe, what's that point guard, that guard's name, that shooting guard, Lamar Peters, I believe. He's been doing well. And maybe just free time, you know, get some more burn for guys like Kevin Knox that are already on the roster just to free up time, you know. So that's, that's I'm going to be looking forward to the uh, trading deadline and hopefully this this opens up some more. You know, this can help Miller play the youth more. So, and Iggy too. Iggy's a guy I would love to see get more action. You know, as opposed to just playing in garbage time, which is kind of annoying because that's the only time we see him. Alonzo Trier. You know, maybe he'll get traded though. I'm a, I have a feeling he's not going to be a Nick for long. But yeah, that's just the one thing I really want to see going forward. Just just if you're gonna lose, if you're gonna play these elite teams and obviously going to lose. Do it while playing the young kids. Just play the kids. Play the kids. All right. That's all I got tonight, guys. I'm going to end this one short. I got to go to bed. It's late. Um, Rob Carbone, episode 60 of BD4. No better way. Knicks fall flat on West Coast. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Ciao.